in association with the Agri Health Network, it's time for That Farm Life podcast, Planting Hope, Harvesting Strength. On That Farm Life, we talk about that life that is that of a farmer and their family. It's about the day-to-day grind, the good times, the tough times, and everything in between, because farming is more than a job, it's a way of life. And we're here to offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. Now, here's your host, a farmer, a former agri-business owner, and also the pastor of a Southern Baptist church in Arkansas, Archie Mason. Hey folks, this is Archie Mason, your host of That Farm Life Podcast. Welcome. We are so glad that you've chosen to be with us today on another episode of That Farm Life Podcast. Hey, if you're interested in knowing more about us, go to agrihealth.net. You can check us out there at the website. We've got a lot of resources, things that are going on. Uh, always trying to add stuff uh, weekly if we can, but that's where you can just find out more about us and what our mission is. And hey, we're all about working with the ag folks out there in our communities. You know, we're in like 48 states and 43 countries now. And so I know a lot of you are listening from even around the world, but we always want to create a safe zone where we can uh, talk about stuff that's maybe not normally talked about. And we always say, it's okay not to be okay. We just want to help you not stay that way. So we know it's very stressful uh, out there in the ag world, and especially in these days, you know, we have visited with a lot of ranchers, uh, also with a lot of row crop farmers. And we know there's a lot of high input costs that, that's going on across the globe, uh, even now. And so we know that's a stressor. Uh, but we also know for those that, again, ranchers that are involved in a raising livestock, whether you're a cow producer or horses or small animals of some sort, uh, we know you are shepherds. You like to care for those animals. And there's always some stress related to that that goes along with that. And so we do have a very special guest with us today. His name is uh, Dr. Rodney Vaughn. He's a vet in Cabot, Arkansas. Uh, I've known uh, Dr. Rodney for a, a really a, a pretty long time and have a, a friendship with him. He has a passion uh, for raising horses. And so he is uh, with us today. And so, hey, Dr. Rodney, thank you for joining us. Good thing, Arch. It's my pleasure to be here. Yes, sir. And I know, hey, he's he has stepped away out of the clinic into an office just to do this podcast. So he's busy. And so I told him we wouldn't waste any time. We'd get right to it uh, today. And so, hey, Rodney, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and about your family. Well, um, I'm a veterinarian, of course. I, I grew up out of Brooklyn, Arkansas, just outside of Jump Room. Actually, was born up in Indiana. My father had worked at General Motors uh, up in Indiana and Michigan when I was a kid. When I was six years old, you know, he moved us back to Arkansas. And I basically grew up there. Uh, went to high school at Brooklyn, college at Arkansas State University there at home. And then, and then in 1989, I went off to Louisiana to veterinary school. Spent four years down there. Uh, after that. Graduated, moved back uh, to actually to Tennessee for a year, and then back over to Jonesboro. I worked out of my truck for a while, you know, seeing large animals all over the county and three counties really. Uh, and then finally, had uh, built a clinic there in Jonesboro and had it for 18 years. And so at this time, I'm practicing down in Cabot. I do practice a little bit around Jonesboro, still seeing, seeing some large animals and such. Married to my wife Colette, we've been married five years. Today's her birthday, in fact. You say today was your anniversary? Today is, is Colette's birthday. It's not oh, Colette's birthday. I thought you said anniversary. Where either one, you're yeah. in trouble already. So you you better make yeah. sure you do something. Okay. I'll do it. There's I mean, there's no shortage of me being in trouble. So <laughs> it's, it's just another one. 
But anyway, today's her birthday. Uh, we've been celebrating that a little bit. Uh, we've been married five years. She's got three children. I've got two. We're kind of a blended family, and we're just about to launch our our last one, who's a senior. Uh, this is her last week of school. She's getting ready to graduate. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm actually practicing a couple of hours from home. So, uh, bless with me today. Where she comes to work with me usually one day a week. Yeah. So, um, you know, like you said earlier, I've kind of, I've, since I was a kid, I've had a passion for animals and, uh, and particularly the horses. You know, I, I grew up liking everything cowboy, everything that involved a horse, and I'm, I'm still kind of that way. Um, we raised a few horses at home. That, that, that's really a kind of a, a de-stressor for me, actually, to, to, to be able to take care of that. Yeah. Hey, how did you get to the place that you knew you wanted to be a veterinarian? Well, it, it was a funny thing. Uh, when I was in high school, I had a friend who was actually a couple of years younger from me, uh, and he asked me to help him show some cattle at the fair. We, we never had any cattle growing up. We, we had a horse or a pony now and then. And so... Uh, uh, in fact, he, he's a doctor now, this, this young man. I say young man, he's, he's two years younger than me. So I, I helped him show cattle, and he always wanted to talk about wanting to be a veterinarian. And I thought, man, I think that would be cool to be a veterinarian. And so I just kind of, you know, kind of dug into it. And uh, as it turns out, we went to college. I, I wanted to, went the veterinary route, and he, he, he went the medical route. He's a, in fact, he's a neurologist now. So he kind of, he kind of uh, pushed me along in that, and uh, it just kind of grew from there. We got a lot of ranchers out there listening to us, and uh, maybe you got a a young man or a young woman that says, "Hey, uh, man, I, I'd like to go to veterinary school." What kind of advice would you give them? Well, it's uh, you know, it's a, it's a tough thing right now. There's not as many veterinary schools in the country as there are medical schools, dental schools, and everything. I think it's a fantastic profession. You have to really be entrenched in it. It's, it's got to it's got to be part of you. It's, it's not for it's not for everybody. Uh, we we work more hours than we should. Um, get paid less than we should. Now I say that we 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 make you know you, we can make yeah. a good living, but compared to our the real doctors, as we veterinarians refer to them, you know we we kind of take a back seat to that. But it, it's a lot. It's a, it just takes a lot of time. It, it's hard on your family. Um, but overall, I mean, it's a very satisfying profession. Uh, you need to uh, understand that, you know, we work on animals, but our, our the people that we really are talking to are, are, are the, the, the pest owners and, and the owners of these animals. How did you decide to start raising horses? Well, you know, I, I've got some pictures from when I was a kid. My parents were setting me up on a little baby colt, just holding me. And uh, I guess it kind of started from there. My, you know, my mom was a seamstress. And I was asking her one time about some of these horses. She goes, yeah, that's the cult I sewed up because we couldn't get a veterinarian to come out. And, and this was this was back in the 60s. When I was, you know, just little and we, we lived in Michigan. So I, I don't know what it is about the horse. It's just I've just been horse crazy my whole life. Uh, and, I, and I love everything about raising them. I mean, just that right now, you know, it's, it's foaling season. We, we've got four, I think, at the house already. We're waiting on a couple more. The anticipation of watching these mares progress, and you know the the, the when you coming up to the foaling date, the, just the anticipation. What's this foal going to look like? Is it going to have a good delivery? What, what's it going to be when it grows up? To me, it's just uh, it's soothing. Just even just to, just thinking about it. Are you AI your mares or 
or or just a I, natural? Well, I, I have AI a lot of mares. Back in in my time, I had a I had a quarter horse stallion. I was that I owned and I was standing. We we collected him and bred him, and we raised some thoroughbred foals as well. And in, in, in that in that breed, you're not allowed to AI them. It all has to be natural. And you know. So it's, it's become so advanced the reproduction in horses. We we've got a mare right now that's down in Texas, and uh, we bred her to a really nice horse, and they actually uh, flushed the embryo out of her and put it in another mare to to, to carry it. And so we're actually trying to get two foals out of her by different stallions, and then uh, since they're going to flush those embryos out of her and let another mare carry it, we're going to still be able to ride that mare. And my wife show, shows that mare. So I, we, I, I've done a lot of reproductive work uh, with mares in the past. It's just something else that I'm, you know, I, I kind of get a big kick out of it. And if you get paid to do it, that's even better. Most horses that you treat, uh, what type of horses are they? Are they uh, maybe horses that people use in for the show horses or pleasure horses or roping horses or what what type of horses you mainly treat? Well, up, you know, up where we live, there's there's a wide variety of horses, but it seems like most of the ones we see are, are show horses of one type or another. A lot of barrel racing horses, uh, like you said, pleasure horses, team, team roping horses. You know, we raise some race horses, but most of them, you know, there's not a racetrack at home, of course. So those, most of the, I don't really treat much race horses because they're usually the trainers are somewhere else where the track is. Yeah. Hey, too, you know, we see more service animals now than than I've ever seen before in my life with people. Because I know there's a lot of stress. I know we have a lot of our some of our, our vets who have been in wartime. We'll see them with a service animal or someone who suffers PTSD or or that. So uh, I know there's a, you know a lot of animals used in therapy. And how do pets? Animals in general. I know you even made a statement about, hey, the horses at home. And you didn't say that's kind of how I detox, but that's cool, kind of what I took out of that. You know, it's how maybe you relieve stress is just being with the horses and that. But how do they have that effect on people to be a calming uh, uh, type of uh, animal? How does that work? Well, you know, in, in, most of the service animals are dogs. And do- dogs are among the most forgiving uh, that species that there are. Uh, and, and they're, and they're genuinely caring and loving i mean they're uh we've got three dogs and, I, and i've got one dog that comes to work with me and uh, he comes with me every day if i'm upset he can tell you know he kind of hangs close to me uh, if i'm a little uh he thinks i'm upset at him he kind of hangs out somewhere else but but uh they're they're just they're just so calming to people you know they're different from us they're they're pretty much the same every day they, they know when we're upset Seems like the more stressed you are or these people are that having, the closer the dog is to them. And besides that, you know, some of them uh, perform other tasks other than just being the uh, calming. You know, they're, they're dogs for people who can't see. And um, I've even I've even heard of dogs that are, you know, that, that can uh, detect uh, seizures, upcoming seizures in people. They can detect changes in blood sugar, believe it or not. Oh wow! I'm not exactly sure how they do that, but I, I think that's that's a fact. Uh, but they, you know, they can they can take all of our stress and it just goes right through your arm onto their back and it's gone. Hey, we tell you, you made me think of a just a real quick story. So, because uh, you you treated some of my Labradors before, and right. so uh, I went away. Angie and I did 
and I was writing my doctoral project. I was completing that. And so my kids were at home and they were in college and they were home by themselves. And so for a couple of weeks there, I think it got kind of crazy at the house, people in and out. And, you know, all I said was take care of my dog, you know, at home. Yeah. And, they did. and so I got home that evening and that night, one of their college buddies walked in the front door and I saw him looking around. He said, Hey, Hey, Mr. Archie, I say, man, he said, where's that dog? I said, what dog? He said, you know, that dog. I said, oh, you're talking about Bo. He said, yeah. He said, uh, he said, he backed me out of the kitchen and out the front door. I said, he did. Said, yes, I'll get a chair up. I said, yeah, he's pretty protective. And so uh, it was about two nights later, I'm laying in the bed and, you know, that college crew, they're in and out, you know, all hours of the night. And I heard the, the door open and uh, they were in the kitchen cooking breakfast or whatever. And I heard that young man talking. And Bo was laying on his dog bed beside my bed. And when he heard that guy's voice, he started, he was growling. And uh, I said, yeah, Bo, you know, that's that boy you backed out of the house. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah. anyway, hey, you know, they're, they're great protectors and uh, yeah. and they're always a comfort to people. So, yeah, that's. Uh, you know, they, they, can, they can sense when something's not right with people. Okay. <laughs> we, we, I, you know, over the years, I've seen a lot of dogs uh, with people that had kids. And uh, I had a guy one time with a German Shepherd, and he was a big, sweet dog, but he's really intimidating. Uh, he, and I got to ask him about it. He goes, yeah, he goes, somebody pulls in my driveway, that dog gets between my kids and them until he can tell if I like that person. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, the same thing, the, kid, the kids are out in the yard, the dog stays between the kid and the road, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that cool how an animal is just knows and is able to do it? That's that's a lot of loyalty that's involved there. That's just good. That's, that's good. It's hard to beat a good dog for sure. It is. It is. Well, do you get to treat, you know, there where you are in Cabot, you get to treat many uh, cow dogs? Do you work on many cow dogs, you know? Uh, not a lot. We, we do have a few. Um, you know, people people treat their cow dogs differently than they treat their pets. Yeah. Uh, so how do they dogs. do that? I'm curious. How does that? Well, they, I mean, they're, they're, they're a working dog. And, yeah. Uh, you know, they don't, some of them cow dogs are, they're, they're just not that people friendly. Some of them, you know, <laughs> they, 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 they got a job to do and that's, a, that's, that's what they like to do. And a lot of, a lot of them not too crazy about me when they come in. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I could tell when you started talking, that's probably where that was yeah. going. So yeah, I know some of the, the cow guys, I know that even if they got a, they got the feeder on the back of the truck, they got the dog up there. Sometimes they just got him chained on the back. So, you know, he, he rides back there, but they let him loose and they're working cattle. And they, they take good care of those dogs. Those dogs are, you know, they're, they're earning their living. Oh, they are. I got a friend and if I gave his name, you would know him. But, uh, whenever we got something loose, I call him and say, Hey man, I need you to come pin some cows. He's just like, well, where yeah. are they? And he's got, Hey, he's got his horse or a lot of times just got his dogs. You know, yeah. and uh, he he can get them yeah. up. So, uh, man, hey Rodney, I know you're busy because you got a stethoscope hanging around your neck, and you just came in here to do this podcast. Man, thank you for your time. Thank you for being with us today. You're welcome, man. I enjoyed it. Yes, sir. Well, hey, raising animals can always be a challenge, and uh, but there's a lot of joy that comes with it. And I know you you picked that up from listening, to Dr. Rodney, uh, today. And uh, hey, as he mentioned, you know, animals can be a uh, uh, small animals, especially dogs, good protectors for your family, uh, can always uh, uh, help you out in some form or fashion. There's a lot of service dogs that are out there. Hey, if you've got any questions about that, uh, we can forward your information on to the appropriate folks, but uh, just shoot us an email at info uh, at agrihealth.net, and we'd love 
glad to uh, visit with you about that. Hey, also, too, you may be in a situation we do have. a. have got some friends that are veterans. They do suffer from PTSD. And in fact, uh, if that's taking place in your life, uh, man, we've got some great uh, resources can be there on the website. Some counselors in different states maybe be interested in some some great therapy that's out there that is really helping with PTSD. And so we would love to uh, help you. Uh, get to the right place, to the right person to help you. All folks out there in the farm world, we encourage you to be safe. Uh, we know it is uh, beginning to be a busy uh, time of the year. We've got a lot of rain in this part of the country. A lot of crops are not in the ground. we got a lot of cows going to the sale barn, a lot of things happening. So, man, be safe. Uh, watch out for each other. If you see something going on in somebody's life, uh, say something and, and engage them. Ask them how they're doing. Talk with them about that. Hey, we'll be back here next week. That's the plan. Until then, we encourage you keep farming and keep the faith. We'll see you later. You've been listening to That Farm Life Podcast, planting hope, harvesting strength with your host, Archie Mason. That Farm Life Podcast is a creation of the Agri Health Network in conjunction with Grounded Faith Ministries, where we offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. You can learn more about who we are and what we do on our website at agrihealth.net. That's agrihealth, one word, dot net. Thanks for listening, and until next week, keep the faith.